Hi, and welcome to Comchurch Talks. This is our sermon of the day. We pray that it will be a real blessing to you. I know you'll be encouraged, challenged, and uplifted by the talk that you're about to hear. Good morning. Good morning. Now, we're in this season of talking about God's promises and all he has for us. And they're all right here in the most amazing book, The Living Word, alive and active. And I'm just going to do a quick recap of some of the things. And if you've missed any of the messages, if you go on comchurch.org.uk and look up sermons, you'll be able to catch up on them. And Sarah introduced this topic. It's been burning in her heart that we just forget. There's so much great stuff in here and we just forget. And we, maybe we forget to go to the promiser of those promises too. And then Julian reminded us of the four square gospel that this church was built on. Jesus is our saviour. He's our healer, the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. And he's coming back again. How exciting. And then Joe, Joseph spoke about, about faith, this amazing gift of faith that we have. Rob last week spoke of the promise of Passover, the promise of communion, how powerful the blood of Jesus is. And I want to speak to you this morning on a promise that I think sums up everything, the promise of hope, our living hope. You know, the sign for hope, let me just show you, holding my microphone very carefully. This is the sign language for hope in English. Cross fingers. And you know, when we're talking about hope here, we're not talking about, oh, fingers crossed he's going to come through. That is not the sort of hope that we have this morning. We are a people of hope. And there are so many scriptures. I've had to really cut my word down for you guys because you wouldn't have gone home until like half four tonight. But uh, there are so many scriptures of hope in the Bible. And here's a few of my favorites. I'm sure that, that you love this ones too. Colossians 1, 27. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. How cool is that? Jeremiah 29, 11. You can quote this back at me, can't you? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And Psalm 147 and verse 11 The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. You know, of all of the virtues, I think hope is probably the one that's the most distinctively Christian. And it's probably the one that's most attacked and challenged in our lives. And it it can be so easy just to, to lose hope. A person's word that they say to you, something that happens and you're like, God, where are you? But it also summarizes all the promises we've looked at. You know, Jesus is the promiser. He is the living hope. He's the hope of heaven. We have hope that we are are saved, the hope of redemption. And it's that hope that gives us the reason that we can accept the gift of faith. In Romans 5 and verse 5, this is the Passion Translation. It says, And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy, Because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. (laughs) Joy and peace are intrinsic to hope. But if you just have a look at Romans 15 and verse 4, there is another secret ingredient to hope. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. 
And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. <laughs> Guys, I have to confess to you, patience, not one of my strengths. I, I, I really want to be, my, Lord, I, I want to be more patient. But you know, as a teacher, my patience has gone by about 9.01 in the morning. And, and, and I just, I, I have to dig really deep to find my patience. You know, some, of the, some of the scriptures call this um, patient and comfort in the scriptures. And I love the idea of, of finding comfort. You know, hope is there in the sunny times. It's there in the tranquil times and everything's amazing. But the time that we really need to know our hope is in the, the dark times. And we have to endure the darkness sometimes to gain the strength from the comfort of his word. And we can truly experience hope when we're struggling in the dark. There are so many Bible characters that I can empathize with. Um, so many who struggled with feeling despondent, with feeling depressed, with feeling utter hopelessness. Elijah, David, Paul, Peter, Jonah, Job, there are so many. And they found comfort in the promises that we have today. But they also found comfort in going to the places where God had showed up before. Uh, I want to remind you of the story in um, 1 Kings and chapter 19. This is the story of Elijah. And he was proper angry with God and with all the people around. Because he, he felt so angry that no one is worshipping God. They're all worshipping Baal. And it says that there are actually 7,000 people who weren't bowing the knee. And there's Elijah going, I'm the only one. Sometimes we, we feel like that. Well, I'm the only one doing the right thing. There were actually 7,000 people not bowing the knee. But he was so cross, he took himself off to Sinai. And then when he gets there, God says to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? God says that to me a lot. What are you doing here, Sarah? I don't, I don't know. I just, I just had to get away from it. I have this feeling a lot of times, maybe you do, I just, just want to run away. I, just, I want to stop adulting for a bit. And it's, it's, not, it's not what they, they sold to us. I wonder if God says that to you. What, what are you doing here? You know, we know the master, but sometimes we don't know the master plan. And he's got an amazing plan. Well, Elijah headed to Sinai, I reckon, because he knew that that's where God had turned up before. That's where God had shown up before. And in the pit of hopelessness, and you will find yourself there. Jesus said there will be troubles in this life. You will find yourself in that, in that place. Get yourself to church. Get to your com, com group. Go to where you know that the presence of God is. And sit right at the back if you have to. Hide behind the screen if you have to. But you get where, the, where you know God is going to show up. Have the courage to show up despite that feeling of hopelessness. Despite your pain. Despite your shame. And God will show up. You know, we've got to destigmatize that taboo of depression. Some of us have been at that point of utter hopelessness. Even in our Christian walk, you can, you can get to that point. I've been in a lot of dark places. I will tell you a lot of dark places in my head. I shared last time about my, the, my, oh, I needed it again, my insomnia. It's not my insomnia, it's not mine. But thank you, I just want to say thank you. I know so many of you were, were praying for me and my sleep has been so much better. It's not perfect, but it's been better and, and I'm a work in progress and I just want to say thank you for your prayers. But thanks, thank you. <laughs> thanks for clapping your prayers. Um, 
depression, it, these bad places in your mind, it isn't a sign of weakness. It isn't that you are a bad Christian. But at the same time, we don't have to be a spiritual martyr and, and you don't have to live with it. And there has to be a fight that has to come up and rise up inside of you. We've got to fight it. Psalm 42 verse 5 reminds us, why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my saviour and my God. Maybe some of you have got to remind yourself today, say to yourself, put your hope in God. You know, the provision of God is always greatest in the darkest moments. I've got three main points I want to share this morning. My first one is hope believes. And I want to just talk about the story of Lazarus in um, John 11. You see, you might be ready... You're like, Lord, I've set it all up. I know exactly what you're going to do. <laughs> Now's your time to show up. Thank you very much. And then he doesn't come through and you're like, oh, maybe I don't believe anymore. Maybe he's, he's left me. We can feel really alone. And Mary and Martha, Lazarus's sisters, felt that. You know, they sent for Jesus, but they had no idea if he was going to come along. They had no idea. You know, it wasn't like WhatsApp. Are you coming yet? When are you going to be here? You know, th these messages maybe took three or four days. And they're crying, and they're feeling hopeless. It's all over. Lazarus has died, and they don't realize Jesus is on his way. And maybe you're feeling like that in your situation. But I want to tell you, Jesus is on his way. You've got to keep hoping for that job, that financial breakthrough, that baby, that husband, that wife, for your children to come back to God. Whatever that hope is, keep believing. Now, Jesus... Jesus is going to come through. Verse 25 of John 11. Jesus reminds Martha as she's complaining, I am the resurrection and the life. And I see so much of Martha in me. But Lord, do you not realise I set it all up perfect for, perfectly for you and you were meant to turn up and you didn't come and you didn't come at the right time. That I find myself speaking Martha's words so often. You know, it was the Jewish conviction back then Jews believed that the spirit of a person would hang around for three days after the person died. Lazarus was dead four days. Now, Jesus waited until it was utterly impossible before he showed up. I hope that that's going to encourage someone today because you may feel like your marriage is in the tomb. Maybe you've got a hope or a dream and it's, it's, it's stuck in the tomb and you're desperate But there will be a resurrection coming. You've just got to keep hoping, keep believing. Proverbs 13, verse 12. I love this version. This is the, the passion version of it again. When hope's dream seems to drag on and on, the delay can be depressing. But when at last your dream comes true, life's sweetness will satisfy your soul. <laughs> It kind of reminds me a little bit of the, the lady who was bleeding for 12 years in Luke 8 and the little girl uh, who was dying. And you may know that Jairus has got Jesus coming. It's like, oh, brilliant. Jesus is going to come to my house. Fantastic. He's going he's to heal my little girl. And then on the way, there's this lady. Uh, she's been bleeding for 12 years and she's desperate. And she thinks, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be healed. And she does that, and Jesus heals her in the most amazing way. And then Jairus gets the news, your little girl's died. And I wonder if sometimes we feel like this. Jairus could well have gone, oh, man, Jesus, you were meant to be doing my miracle, and now you've gone and done that. 
You were, you were meant to be coming for me. We were on our way. She, was, she would have been all right if you'd have come, Jesus. And, and now she's died. My hope, my dreams have died. All my hopes I had for my little girl, they've gone. And sometimes we can allow jealousy to, to rob us of our hope. But, you know, Jesus was still going to come through for, for Jairus. He was still going to rescue that girl, give her um, life again. He, he brought her back um, from death, if you read um, Luke 8. Don't, don't let jealousy, don't let the fact that he's blessing other people make you think he's not going to bless you. Rejoice in that. We're meant to tell testimonies to encourage each other that God shows up. Romans 8 and verse 24 to 25 says this, For this is the hope of our salvation. But hope means that we must trust and wait for what is still unseen. That's tough, isn't it? For why would we need to hope for something we already have? So because our hope is set on what is yet to be seen, we patiently, patiently keep on waiting for its fulfillment. And sometimes we have to lose the things that we've built up that we think we've built up, we've set up for our lives to make our lives better. And sometimes we've got to lose those things to get the things that God has planned for our lives to make other people's lives better as well. Isaiah 40, verse 31, you'll know this. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So point one, hope, hope believes. Point two, Hope springs. Now, sometimes we've got to strengthen ourselves. Sometimes we've just got to get into the word and find that strength ourselves and remind ourselves where we've come from. If you're feeling like you're nowhere in God, look at where you've come from. Rejoice in that. I'm going to read you in a minute um, a bit of Psalm 84. Psalm 84 is a, a song of pilgrimage. And it was, it's all about going on a journey you see, every male, every Jewish male at the, um, back then was required to go to the temple at least three times every year. And they had to, to endure some hard times to get there. For a lot of people, it was a really long way. And uh, you know, many traveled great distances, and it was discouraging sometimes. But that to get through that, they would sing and they would worship as they traveled. And this psalm, they believe, is one that was sung uh, along the journey uh, just to, so they could get to the house of God. And they had to endure the discouraging points to get there. So Psalm 84, I'm just going to read up to verse 7, although the whole psalm is brilliant. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even when the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains cover it with pools and they go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. I wonder, like, verse one, if you ever feel like that, I just, got, I just feel desperate for God. I just feel so exhausted. I'm so tired. I just need, I just need God. I just need a, a touch. And it talks about um, my, my whole, where is it? My soul yearns, even faints. My flesh cries out. If you've ever seen a baby crying, 
you know that, that every bit of that baby cries. It's not just a, oh, I'm a little sad today. Like, that baby goes absolutely mental, doesn't it? And you've got rigid and the, the, whole, the whole body starts to scream. And that kind of reminds me about, the, about this, that we've got to get to the point sometimes where our whole flesh just cries out because you remember that. You remember when you've had a really good cry, don't you? Your, your body remembers it. You've just got to get yourself to church. So I want to move on to verse 5, which reminds us that we're blessed when we trust in him and find our strength in him. But the real verse I want to touch on is verse 6. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs and the autumn rain covers it with pools. You see, Baca was meant to be a place that wasn't very pleasant on the journey to Jerusalem. Some think it was a bit of a dump. Some say it was just a really nasty place. In Hebrew, the word Baca means weeping, the place of weeping, the place of tears. And sometimes we've got to go through those places of tears, enduring it, enduring that heartache to get to the place that we know we've got to be. Do you know what petrichor is? Petrichor is the smell of rain coming. I've got a weird sense of smell and I'm like... I think it's going to rain today. People are like, you what? I can, I can smell rain. Maybe some of you have done that. But the reason that, that you can smell it is because when, when plants and when soils have gone through a really dry patch um, and when it rains, their pores open and, and they release a scent. They open their pores when it rains, but it only happens after a drought. You see, we're meant to be a sweet smell to those around us. And sometimes we've got to go through the drought to get the scent your tears are going to become like rain for people. You sow in tears, but you reap in joy. And God is creating a well for you. God's creating a well. In the hard times, sometimes we've got to dig really, really deep. And it reminds us of what we've been through. Bad things can become a pool of refreshment for you. You're not meant to stay in the Valley of Becca. Can I just say this? <laughs> We're meant to be on a pilgrimage, on, a, on our journey, life journey. And some people get really comfortable in the Valley of Baca. Oh, we've got some complainers in my life. Oh, they love being there and they want to drag you into their Valley of Baca. Have you noticed that? And it's okay because, you know, as, as leaders and as fellow Christians, we're meant to help people through their journey. Don't let them pull you into their Valley of Baca. You need to be helping them through and getting them back to where they can find their hope again. Then verse 7 reminds us that we're going to go from strength to strength, that strength comes from persevering in those hard times, even though we don't like it very much. <laughs> He's not left you on your own. It's not over yet. There's more hope springs and there's rain coming. I really feel like I need to prophesy this over someone today. There's rain coming. You might be feeling like you've been in a drought for too long, but there is rain coming. Hope, hope springs. In Romans 5 and verses 3 to 5, Paul says that we can rejoice in our sufferings because we are a people of hope. This is it. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. <laughs> Jesus is the same yesterday, the same today, the same forever. In a world that is constantly changing, in the chaos outside, Jesus remains the same. And that leads me on to my last point. Hurrah, the last point. Hope 
remains. So we've had hope believes and hope springs. I want to tell you hope remains. 1 Corinthians 13, it tells us that these three remain, faith, hope, and love. And hope can remain in you, but it's something tangible. It's not something wishy-washy. It's not something like, like the sign. Just, it's not just a fingers crossed. Hebrews 6.19 tells us we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. It's firm and secure, and it enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. When, when a sailor throws out the anchor, they're not going... I hope it's going to be all right. I hope we can find the sand. No, they know. They've got a, they have hope in that anchor. It's it's hard and it's and it's heavy and it's got claws and it's going to dig in. We've got this hope. It is something tangible. The word for for hope in Hebrew is tikva, T-I-K-V-A-H, and it comes from a he, the Hebrew root word kava, which means to bind together, to collect, to wait for. You see, hope in English is abstract. It's somewhere out there. But in the Hebrew, it provides us this real tangible example. It means expectation. It means hope. But it also means cord, a cord. You see, a bound cord can be seen, um, can only be seen with the eyes. But it's something that you can grab hold of. In other words, hope is something that's real enough that we can cling to it. Hope is not something out of our reach. And the first time we see the word in the Bible, this word tikva, is in the story in Joshua 2. The story of of Rahab and the spies. And Rahab, it tells us, is a a prostitute. Uh, But she has such faith and such fear of the Lord that she agrees to hide some Israelite spies from the king. And they, they ask her what, what she wants, really, in, um, in return for what she's done. And she says, I want my family saved. Here it is in Joshua 2, verses 12 to 13. Now swear to me by the Lord that you will be kind to me and my family since I have helped you. Give me some guarantee that when Jericho is conquered, you will let me live along with my father and my mother and my brothers and my sisters and, and all of their families. And she lets them down through the window uh, with a rope. And in that verse, the, the Hebrew word is shevel. It, it's not tikva, but we'll come on to that in a minute. Then they say to her, you need to put a scarlet cord out of your window. And we're going to make sure that no death can harm your family. You hang the, hang the tikva. Joshua 2, 18 When we come into the land, you must leave this scarlet rope hanging from the window through which you let us down. And all your family members and your father, your mother, brothers, and all your relatives must be here inside the house. Don't you think that's just so exciting? I read that and I was like, (gasps) Rob last week spoke about how the Israelites put the, the blood of the lamb on their doorposts. And here Rahab she just had to let out the scarlet. I think there's, there's no secret in why that cord was scarlet. You know, the blood of Jesus on your house saves your household. Those of you who have, have been praying for your family members, he will come through. He will. He will. You see, the scarlet color of the cord is symbol, symbol, ugh, symbolic of the lamb's blood that meant that death would pass over the Israelites and the family had to be inside. You see, there was a shovel. The the first word, it means um, bound up, pain, destruction. But the three days later, they hang a tikva, 
the cord, the lifeline of hope. <laughs> now, this reminds me that it doesn't matter what your background is. Rahab, Rahab was a prostitute, and God came through for her big time. Uh, whatever your background, there's no shame, there's no condemnation in Jesus. We have an amazing promise of forgiveness. Rahab's family were saved, and the scarlet thread that dictated who had access to her home. The blood of Jesus covers you and remains, and God sees Jesus, not your sins. We have to choose courage over comfort. And we, we've got to be brave and risk failing sometimes in order to grab hold of these promises of God. Do you know it works so well with Rahab that she actually features in, in Matthew. Matthew chapter 1 in the genealogy of Jesus. There we see her. She's there because she had Boaz who had Jesse, who had David. She's there. She's also in Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, that the, the hall of fame of faith, and there she is. I, I feel bad for her that we still call her Rahab the prostitute. This is Rahab the woman of faith. She believed, didn't she? She, she put herself out there. In 1 Peter 1.3, it says this, Praise be to God, the fa- God and, ugh, to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The Passion Version calls this not the living hope, but the energetic hope. I hope you've got some energetic hope this morning because hope remains. There's still hope when life's broken you, when life has beaten you up. There's hope. You know, the, the tikva means that you can, you can cling it is something tangible. It's something that you isn't wishy-washy. It's not just that, oh, fingers crossed, it's all going to be all right. This is, this is real stuff. And there's so many people, if you haven't known the hope of Jesus before, there are so many people here this morning who can lead you to him. We, we'd love to, to pray for you later if you, if you just want to know the hope that we're talking about this morning, the hope, the hope of Jesus. He's right there in our heartache. He's there in our healing, in our hopes and our dreams. We have to trust in him with our whole hearts, knowing that he is our deepest hope. Stop being frustrated that you're not perfect yet. <laughs> you're not a bad Christian if your promise hasn't come true. It doesn't, don't let the enemy whisper that in your ear. That's a load of rubbish. Stop being frustrated. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You are not beyond hope. Whatever, other, whatever the world tells you, whatever that little voice in your ear, you are not beyond hope this morning. Your children are not beyond hope either. I feel like there's a, there's a mum here who's been praying. Your children are not beyond hope. We've got to allow the grace of God to flood us, see that God is working in you because he loves you. And if it matters to you, don't leave it up to you. <laughs> Leave it up to God, our deepest hope, because hope remains in the midst of our problems. Thank you.
as um, the, the guys are coming back up to uh, lead us in worship again, we're, we're going to be singing a, a song that I just adore. You are the voice of hope. It's such a, a great song. And we don't want to leave you here this morning if you're feeling hopeless, if you're in a situation where you just cannot see it, if it's impossible, if it's four days, the four days, and it seems impossible, that's, it's not impossible for God. And we'd love to pray for you. Maybe you're, you know someone in a hopeless situation and you want to come out and, uh, and stand in the gap for them. If you need springs of refreshing to come up, if you've been in that drought and you just want the springs of refreshing to come again, come out for prayer. And if you just need hope to remain in you, come out. I'm very happy for you to come and cling to the cord. If that's all you want to do, if you just want to come and cling, we'll leave the cord out the front and you can cling because this, this hope is something tangible. It's something real. It's not airy-fairy. Don't stay in that hopeless situation because we know the God of hope. We know the living hope. We have an energetic hope this morning. Thanks for listening to Com Church Talks. We'd love to hear from you and you're welcome to any of our Sunday services or midweek comms. For more information or to contact us, please visit www.comchurch.org.uk or find us on Facebook. God bless.